same China, different stories. We are the ones that found their way in a new life. Adopted babies, adopted babies from China. Welcome to ABC Adopted Babies from China podcast. I am speaking with somebody that I met also like in the beginning of this process because of Facebook and the Chinese Adoptee Sharing Stories group, uh, also known mm-hmm. well. I'll let Sien talk more about that. Sien is actually in Amsterdam and also a Chinese adoptee. And it was really exciting to connect with you and be able to actually hear more and talk about your story. Before we started, we actually started talking about moving (laughs) and how both of us have had the opportunity to do that quite a few times in the past year and a half, maybe less. Actually, I think for you, Scene, it's only been like four months, which sounds like a nightmare. Yes, Scene. So you're in Amsterdam. I guess we can backtrack. Mm -hmm. I always like to start with like, tell me more about yourself and I guess how you got to Amsterdam. (laughs) <laughs> well, um, thank you so much, first of all, uh, for having me. And I moved so many times, I think 12 times already um, <laughs> in my life. Yeah, I, I went there actually to Amsterdam when I was nine years because I was, um, how do you say that, allowed to go to the ballet academic. Um, and I wanted to be a dancer when I was younger mm-hmm. and that school was only in Amsterdam so we had to move to Amsterdam oh wow and I just fell in love with Amsterdam because before I came from a very small village mm-hmm. <laughs> um, like there's you know those villages maybe uh, with just one restaurant one Chinese restaurant one yeah. supermarket one bakery <laughs> like very 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 small yeah so I fell in love with Amsterdam and um, met some made some friends and never mm-hmm. left. <laughs> ah, so your whole family yeah. moved in order for you to be a student at this. I guess it's a ballet school or academy. I guess they call yes. it academy. I mm-hmm. think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, my parents did that, and also for my dad, uh, his job. And you were talking about the white society or Chinese adoptees sharing stories. Mm-hmm. It was one year ago, or almost two years ago, I think. Yeah. Like you, you have this passion for talking to adoptees and sharing stories as well uh, via your podcast. I had that same passion, like want to mm-hmm. connect with others, want to let them feel they're not alone. And because it's so difficult to to express how it is that you, that, to be an adoptee, mm-hmm. um, if you're not an adoptee, it's super difficult. Even for your adoptive parents, it's difficult to understand. Yeah. So it's so, so nice to have found you as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. So are you the only child in your family? Um, yes, I am-ish. Mm. <laughs> I am the only one who got adopted, like, officially. Mm. But I grew up with one bigger brother or older brother. He's from Congo. Mm. Um, and But he, like, he was already in the home with my parents before I came. Mm-hmm. Um, and then left because his biological father uh, was searching for him. 
and he went back to them. So he was a, fo- a foster kid, actually. Oh, I see. I see. Yeah. Oh, okay. So at what age was it then that it was just you and your family and your parents? It's super difficult to say <laughs> because six years ago I met my biological family and I'm two years older. <laughs> so everything wow. in retrospect is totally different. So if someone asked like, how old were you then? I was like, uh, officially <laughs> or like, or like officially on paper or officially biologically. So at that time, I think biologically I would be, I think eight or seven because I was almost six years when I came to the Netherlands. I was a very, one of the oldest adoptees. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah. And then you must've been very small then for your age, because if they, if they said biologically, you're actually like two years older than what you know, I guess that must be a very small, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Well, <laughs> yeah, I, I can understand why you are thinking that. Yeah. Uh, but no not at all I was very I was a very, I was a toddler you can see this that I'm a toddler yeah um, my movements um, how I talk like a small adult mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah like we say if a child a toddler has is growing into a little human <laughs> we yes. say that they have like spider arms and legs that they are so skinny <laughs> and mm-hmm. long I was that, <laughs> but ah. they still gave me three years. Hmm. I would be in two weeks, four years old, but I was almost six, uh, six years already. What? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay, so when you started the Y Society, was that after mm-hmm. you had found your biological family or before? Yeah, after, because when I found them or they found me um, six years ago, I felt this urge and passion growing inside of me that I I gained so much knowledge Mm -hmm. about the process not knowing anything about your past about the transition and after uh, afterwards going back to the Netherlands how you are living in these two worlds Um, and every time you're in the Netherlands you miss your family in China but when you're there you don't have your family and friends here so Mm. you can never be at the same time with the same people you want to be so that's all those things and personal growth and insights uh, about how that is but also how to search um, and how different policies there is in China that's exactly what I want to share so that's why I started it but in the end my (laughs) my friend who started my society Mm -hmm. or Chinese adoptee sharing stories with me we felt that we in the end we did so much for other adoptees but Mm -hmm. we didn't feel anymore it's our own uh, passion anymore right uh, for right for now like we we're like, oh, adoption right now is too uh, prominent mm-hmm. in my daily life. So, um, yeah, we don't ha- we have the white society still, but we don't do something right now with it. Maybe in the future. Right, right. Yeah, I think sometimes when you commit to helping others, too, at some point it, it loses a lot of its. I don't know. I feel like 
when you help somebody so much it's like you're using all your personal energy it, it kind of it can be draining it can take a lot mm, of your energy yeah. away that you're tired so it's like yeah. we need a break <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's good that you both understood where you were it's like we're both gonna step back it's there mm-hmm. if you like it but we're gonna step yeah, back. yeah exactly and people know how to find us so if they have questions or they want to connect we're always open for mm-hmm. conversation um so that's still there yeah um, yeah <laughs> I was curious you said that you were actually one of the oldest when you were adopted at the time so now that you mentioned the biological age, I'm just trying to think, were you biologically, you said around six years old, possibly? Yeah, I was five and a half years old when I oh, came yeah. Into, yeah, to the Netherlands. Um, and they told me on paper that I was three years. <laughs> and in two weeks, I would turn four years. Oh, wow. Yeah. I feel like there must more to why they put that versus what you actually mm-hmm. were at the time. Yeah. Well, I did also to research in my uh, at my university about adoption and in the background, mm-hmm. and also my final paper. And with my final paper, I went to China, and did actually my field field research. I think how yeah. yes, you call it like. Mm, I did that for two weeks at the orphanage where I grew up in China, in Shangfang at the time. Mm-hmm. But a name change in Xiangyang. And I actually had this interview <laughs> with one of the nannies. Mm-hmm. And I asked some questions, but not direct. <laughs> but I still had the answers why they did it. Also, other people came from that orphanage. I talked to them as well and their experience about fraud. <laughs> um, right. And at that time in 1998 i was adopted but that was also a period the law was not that strict it was strict but it's not strict as right now mm-hmm. you cannot just adopt someone but at that time it it said and i think that's all the same rule as now like parents cannot be older than 40 or yeah 40 years than yeah. a child my parents were at the time 38 um, and I was already one year at the orphanage. I see. So if I would stay longer, maybe other people don't. Yeah, it was difficult on paper to adopt me, I think. Mm. And they didn't want me to uh, stay any longer. Mm. Yeah. But like that's one reason, but also it's about money. <laughs> I think you heard of that too. Yeah. And the third one, I noticed that um, when I met my family, my mom, she tried to search for me for one year straight. And I was at that time at the orphanage. They also made it very difficult to find me because when I came into the orphanage, they um, gave me directly <laughs> a different name. But you can imagine a four and a half year girl yeah can already say like oh my age i'm four you know yes. they can always show you or tell their name but they just still gave me a different name and age wow 
you're saying your your mom your adoptive mom or your birth mother had come to search oh yeah my birth mom your birth yeah. mom had come to search for you and they gave her different information than what yeah oh man I I haven't actually spoken with somebody who's found or their family found that their birth family has connected so I'm very curious to ask so many questions like what <laughs> how do you even I guess also because you were you were a toddler like you're old enough to speak a yeah. language right and then mm-hmm. of course going to Amsterdam are you trilingual do you still understand and speak some of your language from being in the orphanage and then Dutch right is it Dutch yes Dutch. <laughs> and then of course you're speaking English with me because I do not yeah. understand Dutch <laughs> well the only one way <laughs> So funny, there's this one word I remembered when I went to the net. Oh no, that's not true. I like, oh wait. <laughs> so many things came right came all back. at Whoa. once. Because I haven't spoken about adoption for a long time. Yeah. I think almost a year because we just put it on hold. Yeah. And I'm busy with different things. But whoa, so many things pop up in my mind. <laughs> mm-hmm. So. I don't know if you have that in America as well, mm. that when you get adopted by the of, um, adoption office or adoption yeah, institute. So usually like, um, yes. Yeah. Do you have that? Like some yeah. Um, usually it's like organizations, adoption organizations yeah. Yeah. and agencies. Yes. Right. Yeah. I don't know if you have that too, but in the Netherlands we have a reunion group, oh. call it like your your China sisters or China brothers. And mm. um, my parents went with a with four other couples from the Netherlands to China, and everyone picked up a child. So with that group, so me and four other girls, mm. every year we saw each other at least once a year. So in the beginning, uh, we all talked Chinese with each other. Mm-hmm. still for many years but I think after two or three years we forgot or we didn't talk <laughs> anymore with each other because everyone was far away but I remember I after that I remembered one word and that's kanbei <laughs> so uh-huh. cheers in Chinese yeah <laughs> <laughs> and afterward when I met my family I now know why I remember that as a child because I was already drunk at age three <laughs> and uh, my family, they make wine and they cook and they really love uh, alcohol. <laughs> right. So I know what, why I remember that. Um, but answer your question. When I, I never learned Chinese actually, but mm-hmm. I have this app, um, Chinese Skills. Mm. and when I learn Chinese on this app I just have to hear it once or see it once and I remember it mm-hmm. and in high school I have difficulty with English and French and France um, or French mm-hmm. so I think I rem- I am I subconscious um, I still remember some Chinese yeah. I thought so I that's what I was thinking I was like it must be because you were I mean, understanding language and everything, especially they say it's in our core years up until age like four is when we mm-hmm. really 
hold that language in or uh, the yeah, creative exactly. form of communication because sometimes yeah. it's not spoken but yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah wow yeah it must be wild that you took a break for a year not really thinking about it because I'm sure your whole life you're you you're aware of course it's like yeah I'm aware that I'm adopted and then taking a year just even that it seems like that's an active thing to do mm, yes is, is that how you actually gravitated more towards coaching because you said you life coaching right mm-hmm, yes exactly yeah. well the fun thing was in corona time <laughs> mm-hmm. I was working at Stichting Film and film is working with adoptees. Mm. So my nine to five job was about guiding adoptees, finding their families and oh. international, but also national searches. And I uh, organized those searches, talk with a birth parent, talk with the adoptees and reunited them. Mm. Um, and the white society, I already <laughs> worked on for five years and finally we launched, but then in a sudden my hobby <laughs> and my work, it was about adoption. So I really needed to take time mm. um, because I had not time um, for other hobbies. I were right. in my yeah spare time and I was only reading <laughs> about adoption and for my job, but also for the wise society. Um, and coaching, it's always a passion of mine. Mm-hmm. I graduated as a social worker. So like psychology is like one of the ma- major um, yeah. things. I know now that adoption is a very big red thread in your life. That mm-hmm. a oddity is so much more than his or her adoption. Yeah. And that's what coaching is all about. Like, wow, who are you? And what are you what is your characteristic and um how to develop yourself how to develop your intuition because mm-hmm. it's so difficult for adoptees to know is this a part of me that it's linked to adoption or what's the cause and it, it's almost not doable to say oh I have difficulties with this. That's maybe because of my adoption. Mm-hmm. You can never always say 100% it's your adoption. Right. Maybe it's just your, your character. It's just, just you. Yes, yes, yes. It's sort of like um, it's your personality, not, yeah. not only. Right. Adoption can't yeah. be the only thing we attribute everything to in our lives. Yeah. So I mean, it's a very big thing. It is. <laughs> <laughs> And it's it's really a fundamental thing we have been through mm-hmm. uh, that shaped us. But I'm, I noticed in the adoption world, it's had a a little bit of a negative um, taste, I would say. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to work. Well, I prefer with my own personality to work via empowerment and positive thinking. But Mm. of course, it doesn't automatically, I would not say you have to be always positive um, because if you do, it also doesn't help you. Mm. Um, But to first 
work through the trauma, embrace the things it is or what happens, and afterwards you can work on yourself. Mm -hmm. um, but with this coaching, it's actually looking at the person in front of me and see what they want to work on. Right. Um, and of course, trauma we will discuss, but it's, mm, I think the bigger thing you worry about or you have trouble with, and you can do something right now in this moment about it. Right. It will skyrocket someone's personality and self-worth and self-respect and self-love. Mm -hmm. um, and you will see adoption in different ways, not only one part, but all the different kind of views. Mm -hmm. um, for example, <laughs> and that's not the great view, but like some people see adoption as a romantic fairy tale that is only great and good. And some people, they see adoption as something that ruined their life and it's very difficult, they struggle, but there are so many different categories in between and yeah. I want to show them all <laughs> the right. difference. Um, like a rainbow there are so many colors yeah 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 it's a very I think you said that very well you shared that very well that it's we're more to bigger picture especially uh, being a life coach I'm sure you focus on like the bigger picture and all the things that contribute um, in addition yeah. to adoption, of course, do you yeah. work with a lot of adoptees or do you work with a lot of different types of people with various backgrounds? Um, well, I focus on personal growth mm -hmm. um, and intuition development. So it's actually uh, for everyone, but I have my um, background and my job or my old job uh, surrounding adoption. And I'm focusing on highly sensitive people <laughs> but mm. I don't know if you heard of it. I don't think so. Um, because maybe you are <laughs> one <laughs> of the um, highly sensitive people. Basically, 20% of the population uh, have this inherited trait that allows them to feel everything on a deeper level because mm. their senses are always open and they are born with this, but they're nervous system is just more adjusted I would say or yeah like people without it in one second they will get two stimuli mm -hmm. with light or sound um, but highly sensitive people they will get 35 stimuli in one second um so yeah there's just a lot of brain activity right. <laughs> uh, and difficult to uh, process because they feel see so many subtle things and not uh, everyone has that yeah and it can uh, cause burnout easily with them with this trait oh no I didn't realize there was that makes sense though, that that would be highly sensitive individuals would mm -hmm. Oh, okay. So that's a very specific, it seems like a very specific area to focus on and growth within yeah. those types of individuals too. Yeah, well. because I'm adopted, but also highly sensitive. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. But everything is about personal growth and how to gain your authentic self, mm-hmm. how to not get drained, how to set boundaries, how to be the truest version of yourself. And I think for RDT, something is so difficult to talk about your needs without yeah. feeling guilty and mm-hmm. because you're afraid to, they will abandon you. So even you're not adopted or highly sensitive, everyone struggles with setting boundaries for themselves, yeah. feeling that you're worthy, <laughs> that you can say no, that kind of things. Yeah. Oh, yeah, those are very... I think especially as we get older and becoming more independent, setting boundaries is something that's difficult to do. Yeah, exactly. And and what you do, you help people sort of guide through that understanding, right? Or yeah, exactly. Wow. How to ground, how to because I'm um, using circling method, but I'm using also like it's a kind of meditation form, but then mm-hmm. with two people with open eyes. And as a coach, I will tune in how your uh, body and how you're feeling um, via your um, looking and really connecting with you mm-hmm. and then guiding you through the whole process um, and making people aware of their senses um, yeah. and, and signals, but without giving any suggestions so it's without judge judgment without suggestions it's just with curiosity with questions like oh how does it feel in your body this kind of tension you mentioned like how can you um describe that and then in the end um yeah there they will have so many insights yeah well it's wonderful that you're able to i also feel like you you do that also, I'm assuming, just virtually right now too, right? You're not able to meet anybody in the in real yeah. in 3D <laughs> the yeah, yeah. In, in real exactly. time yet. Yeah. Wow, that takes a lot of skill that you seem very empathetic too. It's like you seem you have that understanding. Um, could also be your soft spoken voice is really helpful. <laughs> That's so funny. A lot of a lot of people. <laughs> yeah that's a, th- a thing they always say <laughs> like oh your voice is so calm it is I'm happy to hear <laughs> because sometimes it's also difficult because my voice I, I try to speak uh, louder sometimes mm-hmm. if I want to order something and the order is like sorry what did you say <laughs> <laughs> like okay I have to really use like, my um, yeah. diaphragm. <laughs> diaphragm yeah yeah diaphragm yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. Wow. I'm just kind of like so Yeah, take your time. <laughs> so many questions and I was like where do I go? How do I navigate because it's a uh, well it's well I do hope when you launch when you do launch everything for your business definitely let me know. I think a lot of people would really appreciate to like hear or be able to work with you. Um, I guess many adoptees might reach out to you because of this podcast, but <laughs> yeah, hey, <of> course. <laughs> um, but everyone is welcome. Right, yeah. right. I guess if you're in the U.S., there's just a little bit of a time difference. That's all. That's <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm also a night person, actually. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh man. And Have I you... work also international. I would love to. Yeah, that's what coach I was in to English, know. but also in Dutch. Um, mm-hmm. I like to uh, work online, but also 
Um, yeah, in 3D. In 3D. <laughs> <laughs> I will use that as an advertisement. Yeah. <laughs> I, can you, I can coach online and 3D. Well, I guess it would be 4D then because the oh, yeah, four yeah. dimensions, like yeah. the senses too. Actually, so. Yeah. 4D, <laughs> ultra. Yeah. Um, it's really funny. I actually had met an adoptee. She's Korean who's from the Netherlands and came to New York City to mm. I mean, live and work. She works in film too I think mm-hmm. and it was really funny I was meeting with her and some other Korean adoptees recently and just getting her insight about dating was like very different from like the American perspective I was like I feel like in America we oh. we view do- dating this way and then how she would just talk yeah. about like this person I went on a date with he seemed okay personality but um physically he's fat <laughs> I was like but I feel like in America we wouldn't I guess American culture, we wouldn't say something like that about a person right away. <laughs> I, I don't know if we would, or we would say it differently, but just the delivery too. So I imagine being where you, where you live and where you're raised, it's like, there's a cultural difference between how you speak. And I'm wondering if, uh, well, I guess in Amsterdam you're in the city I guess Amsterdam is a pretty big mm-hmm. city yeah <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong is that the capital no <laughs> oh Amsterdam is a very big city yeah but what, mm-hmm. I would no if you like it depends like if you would if you would say if you compare to China nope <laughs> nope like our, our country is like a bean in China you know mm-hmm. uh in America New York City is way bigger so I uh, think you would say Amsterdam no Amsterdam is not that big mm, but yeah it's a city I see do you find there's a lot of I guess adoptees or a lot of like Asian Dutch would be Asian Dutch then not Americans Asian Dutch mm-hmm. <laughs> in Amsterdam have you been able to meet many people who are just very variety yeah because I think I don't know where read that like in Amsterdam, we have hundred and oh, let me search this. <laughs> but like, I think Amsterdam. Fact check. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hundred and eighty nationalities we have in Amsterdam. Oh, okay. So yes, definitely, and we have a Chinatown. <laughs> Okay. So yes, there are a lot of Chinese people, but also I think really from China, but also people who were born here and their mixes. Um, mm-hmm. But not only Chinese Dutch or Chinese Sur- Suriname, Chinese yeah. whatever, uh, what, whatever out of the um, 179 <laughs> other nationalities. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's common here. Ah, okay. Yeah, I always wonder that because I think. <laughs> Sometimes I have heard, or there maybe there's a, it could be because I'm in New York City, but it could just be, it's a, it's something that's around the whole world, depending where you are. Some areas will be diverse, usually metropolitan Mm -hmm. versus other areas where like, actually, there's actually not that much diversity, even though we, we, you think there would be It's like, oh, okay. (laughs) Sorry. Can I ask you questions too? Or I don't oh, know. Oh yeah, <laughs> of course, of course. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, because this is the first time I'm doing this kind of interview or podcast. Ah, um, so excited. So I don't I was like, can I ask you this thing? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I forgot my question. 
Because <laughs> <laughs> every time, like, don't ask questions, don't ask questions. <laughs> oh, no, no, um, of course. Yeah, you were saying, like, that you, you thought in America you have diversity. Mm-hmm. Um, is that something you miss or you want to have more where you live? I believe coming to New York City from where I grew up, there is a lot more diversity amongst the, the different cultures of people and where they're from uh, mm-hmm. in such a small space. Because I guess within like five kilometers, you'll be able to see three different neighborhoods of people who mostly are, I don't know, like Ethiopian or Hispanic, Latino of that area. And then like Chinese, Japanese and Korean or, I mean, it's mixed everywhere, but I do love that between, I guess, five kilometers to 10 kilometers because that's almost the whole entire island. Um, (laughs) You just see all types of people of different backgrounds, different origins. And I think that's something I definitely was able to see and appreciate when I moved to New York versus mm. where I grew up. It was it was there, the diversity was there because it's Washington DC area, but I think maybe it just could be the interactions I had with people and the groups I saw. There wasn't as many, to me, it seemed like as much diversity amongst the people that were there mm. and they're and they're living. <laughs> mm. <laughs> coming to coming to the city, I think New York City is supposedly I think somewhere it says that's like the most diverse place in the world which that could be very true I wouldn't Mm -hmm. be surprised um versus I mean I I imagine there's some places in the United Kingdom area and all around there that has as much diversity as New York does but maybe it's on a smaller Mm -hmm. scale Um, yeah we're also packed tightly on this (laughs) <laughs> 10 kilometer wide island maybe yeah. it's a bigger island but the city itself mm-hmm. I think is only goodness I want to say 12 13 kilometers <laughs> something like that but that's that's small right yeah it's mm-hmm. very small yeah I'm yeah. able to I'm able to run essentially from <laughs> home to the other side of Manhattan so in funny. like two hours <laughs> yeah I have to think about the Truman Show Mm. have you seen that movie <laughs> Truman Show I think that was really popular when my parents were probably younger I think unless it's still around today I thought that was popular way back I don't know I think it's from the 90s okay the movie um but that's like that movie is about um a guy who was a baby and raised in a tv show and everything is just fake. Everything and he, fake. he can like run, run, like everything is staged oh. his whole life. And he can run like the whole world, <laughs> ah. but it's not the real world. So in, yeah, I don't want to spoil it, sorry. But in the end of the movie, he's in a boat and he wants to he finally noticed like oh it's all fake it's not the real world and then he tries to escape uh via boat and in the ocean and then he bumps into the sky (laughs) the fake sky (laughs) yeah it's just a wall 
That's so funny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 1998 you're right yeah yeah that was, yeah but I guess that was the year we were both adopted I was adopted yeah. in 1998 as well yeah oh my gosh um you have to oh. watch that movie <laughs> I definitely have to watch this movie now it looks like you can watch it on sorry spoiler I thought you watched it already it's okay I can watch it on YouTube oh, mm. <laughs> for only three three US dollars Woo-hoo! <laughs> that's pretty inexpensive yes I don't know what the conversion is for U.S. dollar to what is it? Is it what's the currency oh, using? I don't know. Uh, euro. Oh, of course. I was <laughs> I like, does it have its own special <laughs> currency, no. even though it's United Kingdom? That's <laughs> funny. I, I don't do fact checks. So I was like, it's okay. Could be wrong. <laughs> That's um, why I thought maybe you're like when I spoke to you almost one a year or one year ago. Yeah. I noticed you with your voice. You have a very warm and comfy and safe voice as well. And I think you are also very good at connecting and having those subtleties that you notice, like mm. the, um, how do you say that in English? Mm, not acoustic, um, maybe vibes. <laughs> like oh. You can notice the vibes. And that's why I said about um highly sensitive people like hmm, maybe you are one <laughs> ah. look it up oh my god yeah i will i feel like i have to take one of those quizzes it's like am i yeah, highly yeah. sensitive <laughs> yeah. um i i wouldn't be surprised because sound i'm pretty at that i know that's yeah. one sense that uh i can definitely feel like oh so overwhelming yeah. so yeah uh, exactly yeah sound because i which is funny to be in a city to say you're sensitive to sound because you have like trains mm-hmm. and everything. But at, before I started training for a marathon again, I would I started biking to work mm-hmm. just because the train themselves in the the subways the subways themselves um, sometimes have like really loud squeaking if they're braking and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And other yeah. people are not phased, but I'm like, oh, it's too much. <laughs> <laughs> what do I do? <laughs> Uh, so then I yeah. kind of try to tune it out by like reading something else and focusing like a different sense which has helped a lot because when you focus too much on like sound or one sense I think then you do start to hyperventilate just a little yeah. bit this, this is too much <laughs> funny that you say sound yeah that's one of the um characteristics like all your senses mm. um also your sixth sense your intuition is also stronger uh. um and i think there are three nay uh, nay it's not sorry nay. um no i want to say um 23 characteristics of highly sensitive people mm. and and that you are sensitive to smell sound but also light like i cannot stand outside if it's it's the the weather is uh it's so cloudy everything is white mm. and i cannot look up like oh i really have to wear sunglasses mm-hmm. but you can also sense so many subtleties in a room you can sense sometimes people's emotions and for highly sensitive oh. people it's sometimes very difficult to know like is this my emotion am i sad right now or is someone else How sad and sometimes huh. yeah and sometimes if you walk out that room it's gone like oh okay i felt someone else if you 
don't know that of yourself, then and you don't know yourself that well yet, especially in puberty, mm-hmm. it's so difficult to form your own identity. And especially yeah. if you are, are adopted. So that's why I have these two things together. But it can also be separate, can also be only about personal growth. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Now I feel like I'm like rethinking everything just a little bit. Like, huh. <laughs> like some interactions I've had, or sometimes when I have walked into a room. See, I, I almost thought that was just like, maybe I'm just very observant. Mm. Like walking into yeah. a room and it's like, okay putting other having helping to put other people like at ease if they seem yeah because sometimes it seems easier for me to tell if someone's like really nervous or if they don't want to yeah. be bothered mm-hmm. um then I'm like I'm just gonna leave you to your space and yeah or maybe I'll try to help you calm down um yeah maybe that's why the podcast is like a good good way mm, I can, exactly I can like yeah. guide you a little bit <laughs> yeah I don't know if I would be able to do it at the level that you're doing with life coaching. Now that seems a whole it's, nother it's level. <laughs> it's, I would not say it's the same, but I think it's a lot of things the same. Like um, you have also empathy. You're a good listener. You um, have to empathize with people you're talking to. Otherwise, um, I would not know if you understand me and we were have a very... Mm, simple conversation I would say like I don't know how to say not depth no depth but so mm-hmm. I don't know yeah that's the, I would um, say that's the right way to describe yeah, yeah. wow so look it up that's it 30 I'm 20. gonna look it up because when I met you uh, I mean the first time I spoke to you I was like yes I think this girl has highly sensitivity <laughs> but I don't know if you know it already so yeah no let me know afterwards when oh you're, that's you're, good timing <laughs> I feel like it's good timing though. It's like I'm gonna take a break and look this up and then come back. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I probably will put a break in the in the episode, just just a little music thing. That's actually good timing because I think in 2020 we were both sort of joking about it, but there's some truth to it too, with like moving a bunch mm. and like how you grow from that experience each move. Yeah. But I feel like if you had told me that then when we initially met and I still was like kind of, I think I was just too much. I think I was too Mm -hmm. sensitive in general to really be able to sit down and appreciate hearing any sort of feedback from another person being like, hey, you might be a highly sensitive individual. I've been like, (laughs) no, I'm not. I might be, but I'm not in the right place to like really look into that. But now like a year, almost yeah, I think it's been almost like a year and a half. I was like, oh. That actually probably is really true. It could be why I was like so yeah. overwhelmed. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. cool because that's also with coaching. I would never say something if a coachee is not in that spot already mm-hmm. or if they have like very, um, very destructive patterns. I would confront you in a yeah. very loving way. but. Yeah, if but if you're not there yet, I would never tell. Yeah, I would not tell someone because it's yeah. your journey, it's your process. So yeah, that's tough. Yeah, it's almost. I mean, I guess you could say it's adoption related, but not. <laughs> that's, it could be a life thing. But when yeah. I found when you try to force force like a thought or try to tell someone, it's like maybe you shouldn't do it this way. I mean, it's their life yeah. too, but it tends to like make it 
it's almost like when you say like don't do that thing and then they go mm-hmm. do that thing like, oh what's the thing i don't cannot don't do? want to do <laughs> and it's like okay well you'll learn it um it's like you'll learn it the hard way on your own i'll let yeah. you just do that but it really sucks I'm ready they, for you yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm here when you need me yeah I just go do your thing yeah exactly but i'm feeling your pain and i just don't want to feel yeah. your pain for another yeah. month <laughs> yeah wow well, okay how is it for you actually to move so many times so, so often oh i think that kind of helped me sort of process a little bit more of like feelings and i guess identity really like that mm-hmm. because the where i moved was always like a different environment and different people so yeah. I was like, all right, I think I'm learning more about myself by how I'm interacting with new people and then possibly yeah. developing more of a connection over time or even um, being able to leave those situations or, I mean, I had to fight my way for some exactly. of them, of course. Uh, yeah. And then... Because right now you have a roommate as well, right? I have two roommates now. Oh, two roommates. Yeah, I yeah. ended up where I've been, I've been currently at in my current spot for a little bit over six months which is a big deal yeah (laughs) it's a big deal it's like I've been here for six months plus some um may may I ask what kind of personal insight did you like discover oh my gosh yourself when in these interactions with different I think I definitely found that I am very outspoken but I, I'm learning when to, <laughs> you too? <laughs> I love that. <laughs> but it's, yeah, I, I'm that too. I, I just totally, it's always the thing that gets me in trouble. Yes. So like, yeah, tell me more. Tell me why yeah. I'm this girl. <laughs> I was like, I am so outspoken and I share my opinions mm. and my thoughts in the moment. Yeah. And it's like, wait a minute, maybe we can time that better like Mm. let's not share it in the moment we can share it a little bit later or like being I think it's being more patient is really what I'm learning is the hardest my insight is like you're not a very patient individual but you have the capacity to be one so just like give it time and I'm definitely yeah it's like I think the most important insight I have is like your living space is I think the core to your comfort exactly if you're in a living space that's not very healthy Mm -hmm. I'm sure you know the feeling each girl (laughs) yeah if it's not a healthy living space you find that you are probably more prone to like blow up and not be able to control and breathe honestly like meditator yeah think through stuff and then you get in trouble like well we just need to give that space Um, I learned like you were talking about being you're so authentic mm -hmm. and sometimes it gets you in trouble Um, (laughs) I have that too like I'm so open and honest but it's and that's what I I learned in a hard way like you cannot tell everything because not everyone is there yet (laughs) so Mm -hmm. they have to have their own journey to have their own insights even you are noticing a lot of things and patterns and you know you're analytic but so I can resonate with you so deeply on this (laughs) (laughs) Um, I learned to be also what you have like more patience and to be a like selective authentic Mm -hmm. selectively authentic so when to be open when to 
tell the truth, when to be so open and vulnerable with people about right. their thoughts and emotions and about how they come across to you or how you feel around them or how to communicate or um yeah or like like destructive behavior it's their yeah. thing mm-hmm. um and you can see it you can notice it but you don't have to talk about it yes. <laughs> and being very very selectively authentic yes i've learned that mm-hmm. <laughs> too. i do it's it's also I think taught me a lot I mean patience with other people is a big one and it's Mm. still something to work on uh but a lot of what sort of was the catalyst I would say of everything happening was my parents like my my adoptive parents because I don't I don't know anything about birth family Mm. but I noticed it was like oh actually the way that we communicate and everything that's been going on seems to be kind of destructive for me personally that Mm. I'm not going to want like force it for us to try to interact in a certain way because that's not helpful to I think myself especially but in you and that kind of goes with the whole setting boundaries yeah which I'm sure you've actually had to do with your own with your own your own life not your situation your own life yeah. you, have your, you have your parents and then you have your birth yeah. is it just your birth mom or was it a birth father too or yeah it's my whole family oh it's a whole shabam it's uh, my mom my dad I have a uh, older sister she's one and a half year older mm. but my parents were divorced when I went to the Netherlands and I think it's very rare in China. Um, yeah. And they have both different partners again. So my mom is with a man and he had already uh, three older daughters, older than oh. my, uh, me and my sister, because his, he's a, how do you say that? His oh. wife passed away. Oh, uh, because uh, of a cancer. widow. Widow, yeah, exactly. Um, so I have three older stepsisters and mm-hmm. some they have um, children already and with my my father he has uh, a son and a daughter with his mm-hmm. new wife I have stepsisters uh, full sister and half half brother sister yeah. younger and my brother in the Netherlands from Congo he has seven sisters and one brother so if I count that too <laughs> but funny thing I always say I'm a one child I said how do you say um yeah I grew up as one child because he my brother came only with the holidays so I see him and I feel we are sister and brother but yeah I still grew up as one child in my family mm-hmm. yeah wow oh man so when your I guess your birth mother found you because it sounds like she was looking yeah did you did you go back to China during that process did you have to provide any Um, DNA or anything yeah actually when I had my research in uh, at my university oh that's right I came across um China roots Zukan Zukan is searching in Dutch and it's not a kind of organization, it's just two adoptive mothers. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have this great hobby 
to help Chinese adoptees finding their birth parents mm. because both of their daughters, they found their um, biological family because of the help of those mothers. Um, and I'm still so grateful for them because when I got in contact with them, one of the mothers, Evelyn, she um, found this article of a three old, three years old girl with two ponytails. And while she was searching for her other daughter because she got adopted two girls. Right. Um, but every time, like for years, she came across this missing article and it was in the same province, in the same orphanage or in this area. Um, and when I came in contact with her, she sent me this missing article for my research. Mm. But just with a question like, oh, maybe this article is interesting for you, question yeah. mark. And I was like, holy shit, this is me. Yeah. <laughs> um, because I recognized myself. And yeah. then I read the article, <laughs> translated via Google Translate, terrible translation. Mm -hmm. um, Google Translate said that I had a disabled arm or muta not mutated. <laughs> um, yeah. So I thought maybe it's not me. Um, and then I read all the things and just one thing in this whole article um, was correct that I, or three things were correct and other things were not. Mm -hmm. um, different time, different years. So we were still confused. But I looked at article up on internet and it came from uh, Bab Wekweja. Oh, yeah, from yeah. Home. And I contacted the organization and they um, <laughs> were so direct. Sometimes I'm just in shock how direct Chinese people can be. Yeah. Um, and they were like, oh, yeah, this is your mom. And um, do you want to talk to her? Do you want to meet her? Uh, I was sent you some pictures and they sent already pictures of my mm -hmm. family and my mom. I was like, oh my God, this is too much. Yeah. Um, I was so scared. And, and I just want to keep everything that's comfortable. Um, yeah. And then I came in contact with her uh, via WeChat. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, we, we, she did a DNA test in China. I did a DNA test in, in the Netherlands. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you heard this, and I think this is a very great gold nugget for Chinese adoptees out there who are searching, um, that if you have a hospital in your country with a, as to say, different letters in I, ISO, yeah, ISO <laughs> code. Um, some like some letters in Dutch and English is difficult. Mm -hmm. Like ISO code, um, it's an international code. So if your oh. hospital has this code and is working with this code, that means that your DNA report can be matched without traveling to China. So if oh. you have found people in China that could be your birth parent, they um, can they can go to a hospital with its ISO code and then you can just match those two reports via email. Wow. So you can go to your hospital and ask that worker or employee, like, can you please match this uh, document? Because that might be my birth uh, mother. You don't have to pay the whole 
whole amount. Mm. Um, I mean, I didn't have to pay it, mm -hmm. um, but maybe it's also because that's mine that man in that hospital in, in the Netherlands was very kind, but um, I think you don't have to pay the, the big amount because the lab and blood, it's uh, not matched in the hospital. So mm. they only have to see, um, like analyze reports. So then they know if it's your birth mother or not. So you don't have to travel to China. Wow, yeah, that's a really helpful. Yeah, sure so that. so that's one of the things that I have learned on my own mm -hmm. um, and my yeah my journey. And I think a lot of Chinese LTs don't know that. And mm -hmm. and still with the Chinese LTs sharing stories Facebook group, mm -hmm. I haven't shared this yet because we were like, oh, I have I need a break. Mm -hmm. um, but this this is one of yeah one of the things I want to share. Yeah. Um, in the Facebook group so I'm happy I can share it with you so you can share it with your audience yeah. because this is so helpful that is I'm sure many adoptees will be interested in like learning more about your group too in addition to the code I was like oh I didn't know that <laughs> yeah That's a... yeah but with the Facebook group I'm not sure yet <laughs> <laughs> well, when and and yeah how the future will uh how this facebook group will unfold right but, yeah but that's why i want to share it here so it's somewhere it is there. somewhere <laughs> it will be, it'll be out there yeah it will be out there <laughs> it will be out yeah. there wow yeah. oh my gosh so i guess you do go so to china. A hospital in china with this i and they have to work with the iso code mm -hmm. um and if that's the same code in your country that hospital you, you have to use that hospital in your country and the hospital mm. in china it will definitely be quicker and it saves you money oh, yeah. i know i yeah. i don't know how much a ticket to china is from amsterdam <laughs> but from new york or dc i think it was like one way was like 1800 us dollars <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> so much. It, it's it costs it costs a lot. Yeah. Um, so I guess I we went for your field research to China. Did you go back and meet like the whole entire family too? After it was like confirmed, hey, yeah, we are. Yeah. Related. Well, <laughs> I I have been to China um, because in in the summer two thousand fifteen I met them mm -hmm. and. And I went like four times total. Mm -hmm. And then um, the last time, the fifth time, my Chinese sister um, came to the Netherlands and we did a Europe trip um, oh. by train. Um, so yeah, I have been uh, many times there and every time I staying there. And when I went to orphanage, I also uh, visited them for mm -hmm. one month, I think afterwards. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I have a very good and great connection with my mom and my sister. Uh, most of the time I'm with my mom and my sister. Mm -hmm. um, and, and my dad, he lives a little bit... Oh, no, he, he's, he moved actually close by, closer oh. by my mom's family too. Wow. Yeah. That's cool that you're able to choose how you wanted to communicate and that it's like a good connection not nothing like yeah that. <laughs> the first time 
it's like when I started missing article, I was just in shock because, you know, if a dog is missing, everyone mm-hmm. puts that on yeah, outside. Like, out, yeah, outside everywhere. Yeah, or Facebook or also missing children. And that mm-hmm. happened with me too. So Weibo or, yeah, Weibo. Oh, yeah, why, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah, the, that's kind of. Yeah. I didn't know existence about Vivo, but then (laughs) I clicked on my picture and it was shared like, oh my God, like, I don't know how many times I could click, like I clicked for 45 or something times and everyone shared it for years. Wow. And I was like, it shocked me like, oh my God, Mm -hmm. I'm I'm missing. That's weird. Like it's very, yeah, it was very scary to learned that I was missing I was like huh but my parents they <laughs> gave up right or huh what what's going on here and it took me like a half year to process this yeah <laughs> I just started um social work uh mm-hmm. study for education so I was just turned 19 I think or mm. 20 something yeah six years ago I just turned 20 and I just needed to you know that you're adopted of course (laughs) but at that point it's like oh my god yes that's now I know now everything just clicks Mm -hmm. that I always wanted to be or to be understood by my adopted parents I want to be like them right in in kind of way because in many ways I don't want to but subconsciously I wanted to be their child so I just adjusted so much and then when I noticed that missing article was about me Mm. I just felt this emotional distance so only spiritual or emotional I don't know how to express it like there was distance and like wow they are not my blood like my birth parents right in a sudden it just makes so much sense and it just clicked and you already know it but because you are so used to it you don't see it anymore mm-hmm. um and then i immediately could embrace myself who i am so much more already just to know that they were searching and um, that I'm adopted mm-hmm. and my parents they were very happy they were like oh yes finally your real parents they found you oh yeah that's <laughs> and I think a... if you hear it, I'm like uh, ouch yeah <laughs> real parents like you are my parents and I was you know I was like don't say that and we had already an argument <laughs> mm-hmm. um, because I was at that time, I noticed too, like I was talking uh, in my emotion, fear, mm-hmm. <laughs> like fear about that nothing is going to be the same anymore. Yeah. Um, if I'm going to reach out to this woman who says she's my mom, I cannot go back. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and my mom was like, oh, champagne, they found you. So they were very happy for me yeah. and they were in tears. And I was like, no, I don't want to do anything about this. I don't want to, I just want to move on. I have my exams. I just started this education. Uh, I want to focus on my exams because 
yeah, they don't want anything to change. Mm -hmm. But also, imagine that people were searching for you for years and years. Later, I noticed she was almost searching for 18 years already. So from the start when I was missing. Yeah. Imagine someone is searching for you. You see so many pictures on missing Facebook groups. Like, they yes. click, and every time you see your face and your missing article, Mm-hmm. and you don't feel that like I knew I want to search and I just opened up myself just two months to the idea like okay how would it be if I start searching now right. and I thought, oh in 20 years <laughs> or maybe 30 years maybe I find a name or a place I grew up you no know? but I would not expect in two months already everything fell into my lap yeah I was not prepared for that so I I I cannot engage with someone if I'm not on that level yet. Yeah. I would never connect with someone so deeply if I'm not there yet. Mm-hmm. Um, because I would go there and I was like, yeah, it's great to see you. <laughs> but I don't feel this connection or the, the, the sadness around it. Mm-hmm. Because I gain so much. Um, like I had a new life, new family, right. and I, I, I thought about them, but more in a future perspective, like maybe, and in the future, I will find them. Um, so I just waited and reflect on my emotions because a lot of emotions came up and sadness and, um, things I suppressed. And then I felt so much connection with her when I stepped in her role as a mom who is pregnant and that she carried me for nine months and I was just not here in her life. Mm-hmm. And I felt more sadness for her so I could understand her more. And in a six month, I just prepared uh, myself to uh, meet her. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it was just the most... In uh, en- enriching experience. Yeah. Yeah. Also for my personal development, but also um, the connection I have. Because mm-hmm. you asked me about the bilinguist uh, or language. And I could just talk with my mom and my sister, mm-hmm. and sometimes with my dad. Because my, my sister, my older sister, can speak English very mm-hmm. well, actually. So I'm very uh, lucky with this. But after two or three days, I could already understand in details what they were saying in Chinese. Mm. Uh, but that's only when I was in a kind of mental or like Zen state, mm-hmm. or when I was a little bit tired already. And I was just like zooming out, and then I could just understand what they were saying mm-hmm. and then I told my sister in English like oh my mom said this and my dad said this right mm-hmm. uh, and she could confirm it so in a way um, the connection or the conversations was so much easier because they look like you you do you have the same my sister and I with the same voice Mm. Uh, with the same non-verbal like body language it's the same mm-hmm. um 
So it's so easy to understand without so many words. Yeah. Wow. Sorry, so, I talked so much, but everything just came. Back. No, that's yeah, that's really cool to hear. I mean, it's the whole reason for just being able to like hear more about your experience, honestly, because it's different for everyone, of course. Yeah. But I have been able to talk with many people who've found their birth families. Yeah. I've talked to a few, and I'm just like, well, it's uh, it's it's wild. <laughs> Yeah. Wow. <laughs> How is it for you to hear it? Oh, I think it's just like fascinating. Um, yeah. It's, it's kind of cool just to hear. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's really fascinating just to hear like what the experiences and emotions you felt. Because yeah. other people who have heard their stories too, sometimes I'm like, that seems overwhelming. Like, I don't know how you like process all that stuff that happens too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It just kind of gives a lot of, uh, I think a lot of great, I think it gives good feeling too that some people can can connect if they want to or they don't have to connect. Yeah. And that, I don't know, it's just like it's a part of a story, right? It's just part of your story. Yeah. So to me, I'm just kind of like, that's just so cool and yeah. wild. And it's good that you've like, that's helped you really understand that yourself too. Um, yeah you hear some stories and sometimes it's like uh, it seems like this wasn't a positive experience for you and I'm really Mm -hmm. that's that's unfortunate but it seems like that's also not unfortunate because for you it seems that's not what you need from it and I don't know it's just a very realistic thing to hear too yeah but no that's that's wild just to hear like how it was like an article so of all things and it's like somebody sent you this article and then it all just tumbled but it's also, I think, really great you share too, because I think a lot of other adoptees will be like, whoa, that's like wild. Or, yeah, I'm so glad to hear another person's story. <laughs> yeah. Because I think, because like so many adoptees, they feel judged by mm. people who are asking, like, oh, do you want to search for your biological family? And I'm like, no, or maybe later. And like, mm. yeah, why not? <laughs> But that's not up to them. Yeah. And some are like, uh, I yes, I do want to. And then people will say like, why do you want to? Because your adoptive parents, they raised you mm-hmm. and you should be thankful. All that. That's kind of scenario. So it's never good, <laughs> your choice. Yeah. Everyone, yeah, will always have an opinion. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's not that you can control and that's their business. May I ask you if you have ever thought about making the decision to search or not oh, search? Oh, yeah. So I actually started back in March, just recently, with mm. putting um, DNA and stuff out there. Yeah. I haven't really looked at the websites nearly as much mm-hmm. since March, because even in yeah. that short time period of maybe like a, like two months, I was like, geez, I'm just mm. putting DNA out and it's like <laughs> exhausting. I don't know how people yeah, spend time exactly. and like energy to really actively yeah. search. I go back to China and come yeah. back and go back. I was like, oh, yeah. I don't know. I'm just sort of like, you know what? I put it yeah. out there. It's such a emotional roller coaster. Yeah. Only oh, the fl- I'm making the flyer. Oh my god. Because you know the intention. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I was yeah. like, little by little, we're just yeah it's there I'll get to it oh my god so happy for you girl I was like <laughs> I'm not in a rush yeah 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 not in a rush because 
and everything on your own pace everything yeah everything at everybody's yeah. own pace I feel like as adoptees I mean we all have our yeah. reasons for doing it but I do think it's like it is like a small part of like who we who we are it's just the whole like we don't know we might yeah. eventually know but it's like that's a small part of who we are yeah and, but it's not a slight at all against yeah I mean I think because of the the difficulty with my relationship with my adoptive parents right now and that's mm-hmm. definitely gone up and down quite a bit mm-hmm. I was like I, that's not the reason I'm doing it but I know that was yeah. part part of the factor of starting to really do it because my father's also adopted too mm-hmm. he was adopted within the U.S. as a baby yeah. so I was like he must understand to some he must understand to some level but I also know his story is his own and his feelings about yeah. adoption are going to definitely yeah. affect how he reacts to even just me trying to do the process. Yeah. So I've also felt like, let me not try to force it on my dad either. Be like, mm-hmm. yeah, I've started. I did mention it a couple times and then did get responses. Yeah, I was like, well, I don't think somebody actually told me. It's like, you know, that's probably bringing up his 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 feelings and everything. Yeah, I was like, yeah, you're right. I should just yeah give it space but it's like but it doesn't make it easy for you though right it's not easy for him but it's also not easy for you to Mm. not talk about it to not share it yeah because he would be the person I would want to talk with exactly he's definitely I mean he's my dad it's like the closest person are my my mom and dad pretty much yeah Um, not to say that we all have our differences for sure (laughs) Um, yep (laughs) for what we do we'll figure out how to hopefully we figure out like what how we can communicate or I I may want to as I personally develop and go through this this identity stuff be able to eventually like talk with them and not take it so much in like a non-positive manner only negative because I was like oh right now I feel so angry when I think about this or that it's like no 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 that could just be something of my personality that may not go away. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> yeah. like, uh, we're here. Um, actually, you are actually the first one I met um, who has a mm. no adopted par- uh, father or parents. Yeah. Actually, yeah. I never, because this is one of the things I, I also thought about, like how would it be later if I am adopted mm-hmm. and if I would adopt, like, yeah like pros and pros yeah pros and cons mm-hmm. like I'm always yeah thinking about that part and you have this uh That's, dynamic it's true I think I it wasn't until I was oh man 17 or 18 years old I was much older when my dad told me he was adopted mm. I didn't know what growing up that he was adopted he never I don't think he mentioned it at all until mm. I was older and it might have been right around the age that he, when he was 18, that he started to become more curious about his adoption. So it's even more, it's even more tough to like not be mm-hmm. as communicating as much with, with one another, because it's like our stories aren't the same, of course, but there is a similarity yeah. of like a feeling that you might have. Yeah. Like, I'm sad. It does make, I was like, I'm definitely sad. I'm hoping that I find that I'm not as angry too because it's the anger that really stops you from any progression yeah I want to progress I can't be so angry 
Mm-hmm. But I've been told I was like an angry teenager, so I'm not too surprised. <laughs> like, I'm just angry. Um, yeah. Finding healthy outlets for that anger is another story. Yeah. Too. So, like, I think I think it's so fascinating if teens or like you say that you um, can very connect with your anger, mm-hmm. and that you're very actually that's one of the. Like it's not fun and it gets you in trouble, but it's something you are very good at. Mm-hmm. Uh, anger for me, it's totally different. That's mm. exactly the most difficult uh, emotion. It is. Um, to feel, to express, to be really in. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I really admire you actually. Oh. I admire people who can be angry and set boundaries. Mm-hmm. Um, and right now I can do that too, but I, it took me so, it took me it so, lo- yeah, it's, yeah, it's so lot, a uh, long journey to come at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, I think anger is one of those emotions that can be expressed in all different ways. Because I think like happiness, yeah. you usually can tell someone's happy. Usually, I mean, it depends, but I think anger sometimes can be expressed in silence and then it can be expressed very vocally versus like happiness. It's pretty clear. I think it's usually, usually pretty vocal or you can see yeah. it on their face, but anger, I think yeah. people can be very angry and still be <laughs> very kind to you at the same time. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Uh, I don't know yeah. what to make of this. It's a, it's a yeah. very powerful emotion. That's for sure. Yep. <laughs> um, Definitely. Um, conversation has been really helpful I'm just like I feel like it was very natural <laughs> yes. I feel very yeah. proud of this this conversation's navigation yeah. just how we, <laughs> what we covered and like how it went yeah. about. I was like oh we were able yeah. to like bring up all these things like, because yeah. of these six years um I've been in contact with so many birth parents so many adoptees spoken to adoptive parents, spoken to organizations, to people who met their family. It's it's like your papers or the things, especially Chinese adoptees, it's just not like, I don't want to say a percentage, but it just don't directly believe it. Yeah. Um, that I have learned that uh, yeah, via all these conversations and Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why I want to work on the core mm-hmm. identity from someone someone as a person and not only your adoption right. um, because I've learned that wow so much like people were like oh nature nurture oh my god I thought nurture was so big but damn when I met my family nature mm-hmm. nature oh my god yeah it just I mean, in my experience, right? Like nature for me, with the stories and with my own story, I'm like, wow, nature does does definitely win mm-hmm. against nurture, definitely. Um, wow. Yeah. I think you bring up a really strong point. I think the way I, I know my personal view, how you present it is, I think, the best way to present that too, because there is truth to that with even outside of adoption stories too that parents or people or families will 
makeup or change the story to help something of their need, right? And I think it's like how you deliver that too. When you share that with somebody else, especially because it's very likely most of our papers are not true or a small percentage probably are very true. But when they tell you all this and stuff, sometimes it's like, depending who you hear it from and who shares that, it's like, be careful, those papers, what they've written may not be real. That note you got is probably not real. Like I can say, I think how you share that is really important versus, and how and when you share that is very important versus like just dropping that bomb on people. Yeah, because I don't want to share it with everyone. I would not share it like, that's why I don't want to interfere with someone's process mm-hmm. because you don't know when where someone is with their mindset in their life or, or mm-hmm. what's happening around them if they are in a shitty period or like not right. shitty period I mean like serious <laughs> shitty period in their life yeah um like I hate periods <laughs> everyone hates periods <laughs> yeah. woman, like, oh. but like you don't know what's going on in someone's life so you don't want to interfere their growth their journey Mm -hmm. everything in in their place yeah it's like because you process it differently I know I mean I can say I'm sure I'm not alone but I think I once posted to a Facebook group when I first started like okay so I know I don't know anything about where to look to put DNA I had this note that I just found blah 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 Mm -hmm. and then somebody had commented I think it was maybe it was like an adopted parent who's been doing the searching thing for her children or their children and she immediately wrote like that note could very well be fake blah 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 and I was like excuse me I wasn't asking that yeah I was just saying where can I go to find stuff exactly yeah that's probably true it's just yeah could you you, like not just go into that right away (laughs) yeah like okay and it's like you know what if it's not real it's still part of yeah. my my personal story. It's like, you know exactly. what? It's not real. It's still part of the story and yeah. I'm not going to be upset about it. Yeah. Um, but it's just something to go, because like, it's like a lot of us don't have a lot we can go off of. I mean, I feel yeah. like having a note is something that I don't know how many of us actually had, yeah. whether it's true or not. And yeah. it is tough because I think we live in a world where we thrive on human connection. We have, that's exactly. what we need to survive. Yeah. But there's a complexities of how humans interact and what they do for mm-hmm. their own their own yeah. needs and desires I mean there are many things that are like whoa I can't believe this happens in the world and yeah. it does mm-hmm. yep yeah so this is just a great example like this this episode may need another break it's a longer one No. Uh, so weird. My camera's on. Oh my god! I think my laptop is dying. <laughs> is it? Is it an old laptop? It seems like it must be older. No, but I think like I think it's two years. Three years. Oh, that's that's um, still new. Yeah, and it's a very expensive one. But oh no, I dropped it. Like I dropped oh, it in, no. like three times out of my bed. I just dropped it. So I think oh my god now it's really giving up on me <laughs> it's given up are you able to take it to the store and maybe they can look at it i hope so because i don't have a guarantee anymore uh, so it's such a bummer me a lot. <laughs> oh no 
this is weird because this is the first time I have this. <laughs> but, but the sound is there still. But <laughs> because there are so many stories and so many things. Right. Um. So yeah, I, I, we don't. We cannot. I think go into the, all that. But I think the most the things I want to share. Um, I did. I think your story definitely shares a lot of the re- like the reality and the dark side of the whole entire conversation about like what happens with adoption but yeah I think you're also sharing a lot of how you yourself have taken in all this information and your experience and it's like you're just like this is life this is what I gotta do mm-hmm. yeah which I think is always I mean that's admirable. that's admirable too to like see or hear that's like yeah like all this crazy stuff happens but I'm not gonna let it dictate how I my life yeah <laughs> definitely because it's my life <laughs> it's your life it's, it's my your life, life. <laughs> never, never. yes exactly. we're on the same page yeah. <laughs> um yeah gotta love that oh my gosh mm-hmm. yeah well maybe i think we could close out probably the recording yeah, definitely because i think we covered yeah quite quite a quite a vast array of topics that i was not expecting i didn't even know what we were gonna talk about really (laughs) me me neither we're just gonna talk about about life Um, do you have any any social media you would like to share yeah sure um my instagram is sinzaya so as wait dutch english uh, letters A, B, C, E. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. No. So, Sinzaya is S I E N and then Z I. Uh, how do you say the, the Greek? Oh, is it I. Y? S- y. Like you, in you, like you. Y O U. Maybe you can say it like yeah, you can <laughs> spell it for me. Yeah, let me check. Oh, S I E N Z I Y A. Yes. Yeah. Oh wow. I forget. Yeah, it's probably a different yeah. alphabet, of course. Yeah, exactly. Very American of us. Well, me to be like, okay, share it in <laughs> English. Don't share it in English. So difficult. <laughs> share that in English because. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> it's a whole nother. Uh, well, thank you, Sin. Sin. Wow. <laughs> See, I'm already it's like okay. forgetting how to say your name. It's like now I'm trying to like <laughs> say it in Dutch. It's like that's not gonna work. It's probably seen. Seen. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thank uh, you. This is great. It was a pleasant conversation. It really yeah. was. Because regardless, I think we talked about, I mean, even the high sensitivity is something that's like very thought-provoking and I always find that to be very satisfying to like learn something new that I didn't expect mm. like oh well, yeah I don't know um yeah. I think you will yeah but that's my perspective like I I think I don't know you like that well of course but in these two conversations with you I just mm. yeah I just noticed things like you could maybe be a maybe. HSV. Yeah. But that's just something um 
yeah, you can feel or learn about and then say like, oh, yeah, I can rec recognize mm -hmm. or don't re resonate with me at all. So that's, that's also uh, your journey. Yeah. Perfect. So let me know <laughs> what you think about it. I will. I will. And, uh, yeah, yeah, learn about it. Wow. Well, I will say goodbye for now. Mm -hmm. I'm sure we'll talk again or we'll communicate. I yeah. Usually, I usually like to keep up with people. Mm -hmm. I mean, especially as time passes, things happen. It's like you never know. Yeah. <laughs> and I think this is also the most great timing for me as well. Like mm. at that time, I was like, oh, I really want to do it. I really want to talk to you. And I already felt your great vibe. You know, mm. I knew I want to uh, share also your podcast in our Facebook group. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I already felt a trust and that you are very generous. Uh, no, not also generous, but there's a different mm -hmm. word. Um, you have integrity. Mm. integrity yeah. yeah yeah so i was like yes you are a good <laughs> good one so um but then at that time i was like oh i want to do this but it's just not right not now the right the time, time for me yeah yeah i know that's so, why that's why yeah, like you thank just you gotta so much. just give it time everybody needs needs their space it's really what it yeah. is yeah well, thank you so it. much thank and you. Yeah, but you can always reach out to me and if you have more questions or things that like pops up after this conversation or when you listen to it back, like, mm. oh, oh, what, yeah, you want to know something more or something, um, yeah, some insights or want to know more about websites or how to search, let me know. Mm. Um, yeah, you're always welcome. And then keep me posted about your life coaching work. Yes, I will. I that still will have nice. to be more active on Instagram. <laughs> I think that's also like I'm an introvert, but also extrovert. Or no, mm -hmm. I'm an in intro. I am. How do you say that? Mm. Ambivert? No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Ambivert. Like I'm both, mm -hmm. but also a high sensation seeker. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Um, Why else I'm saying this? I don't know anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I understand that feeling. Well, thank you for listening to ABC. If you would like to share your story or reach out, you can email me at adoptababiesfromchina at gmail.com or adoptababiesfromchinapod on Facebook and Instagram. Woohoo! Yay! Woohoo! Bye! Bye! Bye. <laughs>